They said it was forbidden. They said it was dangerous. They were right. Introducing the paranoid American homunculus owner's manual. Dive into the arcane, into the hidden corners of the occult. This isn't just a comic. It's a hidden tome of supernatural power. All original artwork illustrating the groundbreaking research of Juan Ayala, one of the only living homunculologists of our time. Learn how to summon your own homunculus, an enigma wrapped in the fabric of reality itself, their power at your fingertips, their existence, your secret. Explore the mysteries of the Aristotelian, the spiritual, the Paracelsian, the Crowleyan homunculus, ancient knowledge lost to time, now unearthed in this forbidden tale. This comic book holds truths not meant for the light of day, knowledge that was buried, feared, and shunned. Are you ready to uncover the hidden, the paranoid American homunculus owner's manual, not for the faint of heart, available now from Paranoid American. Get your copy at tjojp.com or paranoidamerican.com today. to another episode of the Juan on Juan podcast and I'm your host Juan on today's episode we're going to be talking about stoicism with Anderson Silver I'm at Anderson on Reddit and Reddit can be a, a very weird place you can meet a lot of cool people and then some weird individuals it gets dark quick but Anderson is an author that's his pen name he is an author, he writes books on Stoicism, he practices Stoicism, and I wasn't familiar with the philosophy until about two weeks ago, and I, I believe everybody's practiced a form of Stoicism without knowing it, because it's very simple, it's a very simple concept, it is very rational, and that's what I like about it, but we break down what Stoicism is, we go through the timeline of how it originated, what it is, what they believe, what their principles are, and what they follow. It's it's a practice. I wouldn't call it a religion. It's it's more of a practice and what you can do to better yourself, not be focused on the outside world, not be focused on what you can't control. I find this a little bit difficult to do, especially nowadays with society how it is we're so materialistic and the stoics were minimalist they believed in stripping yourself of the material aspect of things that way you didn't become dependent on it and we're so ruled nowadays with with money the government our jobs things that really they give value to them without Honestly, it's it's not backed up by anything. I mean, they just tell you, hey, this is how it is since you're born. And that's how it stays. 
And that's so unfortunate because we, we talked about this on the show. Why does it have to be financial for you to be successful? You know, what defines success? I always look at things from a financial point of view. And he really broke down. He was like, why are you thinking it from a financial point of view? You know, from a financial standpoint. It goes deeper than that. Why can't the fulfillment to life be being a good person, telling the truth, and just, you know, just being a good person all around? Anderson, very interesting individual. I love this conversation. Make sure to check out his work, his books. I'm going to be reading one of his books on our next episode. We already have one set up to really talk about the inner duality, which is going to be also a very interesting topic. But without further ado, this is Stoicism for a Better Life with Anderson Silver. And we are live. Welcome to the show, Anderson. How are you doing? All right, Juan. I'm doing awesome. How are you? Doing all right. Uh, so I <laughs> I met you on Reddit. And right. I've met some interesting people on Reddit. Some, <laughs> there's a lot of weird people on Reddit as well. And <laughs> But for the most part, my experience on reddit has been good so far so i met you on reddit and uh yet i had reached out to you or you reached out to me to do an episode and i saw that you were uh into stoicism and i had never heard of that uh and i find it very interesting very interesting so before we get deeper into it anderson what is where can people find your information i know you've written books you post on reddit a lot and you also have a podcast, so so you can let the listeners know where they can find you. Sure. Uh, yeah, I have two books out, working on the third one. Um, I write weekly articles, and my podcast, actually season one, episode 20, the last episode went out today. All of it, uh, links for all of it can be found on my Patreon page. That's patreon.com slash Anderson Silver. All the content is free. The donations are just a suggestion. Go to the Patreon page and uh, you have access to the links to the books, articles, podcasts, everything. Yes, I listened to the last episode today, actually, uh, during the day. And so obviously we're going to be talking about philosophy today. Uh, And one of the questions I ask people on the show always, I feel it makes you really look into yourself. Who is Anderson Silver? Uh, it's a good question. Uh, Anderson Silver, <laughs> uh, and, and actually it's, it's fitting because it's my pen name. It's not my real name neither. Uh, oh, really? so who's, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'll explain, I'll explain why I, I chose a pen name. Uh, but who is Anderson Silver? He's someone that I discovered, uh, over the past half a decade or so. And, uh, he is the, uh, a new me. You know, friends I've had from uh, 20, 30 years ago, uh, they, they make a distinct uh, separation between uh, me of the olden times and the me of today. Uh, Anderson Silver is a philosopher. He is uh, someone who's found true meaning in life and is so thankful that I'm on this uh, crusade to try and share what I've learned with uh, with the world. And I, uh, as I see that there's an appetite for it, uh, I try and put more content, more free content out there. Uh, you know, a stoicism that's so much for me. Uh, Anderson Silver is trying to get some of that information out there for others so that others can benefit from it too. That's great. And the, the most interesting part I found about this is that 
the more I look into these ancient cultures, these ancient civilizations, obviously the Greeks aren't that old, but they're still pretty far back. Mm-hmm. They seem to have, you know, their teachings and their their philosophies, they seem to have like a grasp of almost what today quantum physics is. I love quantum physics. And the reason I say that is because obviously uh, stoicism, we're going to get into it. Uh, they believed everything around us uh, operates according to a web of cause and effect, resulting in a rational structure of the universe known as logos. And Correct, yeah. that's you know that kind of ties into to quantum phys- uh, quantum physics because they're trying to understand the universe. They're trying to understand uh, consciousness and, and and the correlation between the mind and the actual reality world. And right. so I find this interesting because. Usually when somebody you said it changed your life and it's changed your life for the for the better and usually somebody Who's looking for guidance who's looking for? Meaning who's looking for purpose. They usually look towards the first thing religion, right? Because again, Mm -hmm. that's a form of of guidance for them What influenced you to get started on your path of stoicism? uh, versus like I said, a religion. Do you still practice religious beliefs on top of that? How, what sort of thing is this before we actually get into what Stoicism is? Sure. Um, so to be uh, 100% with you, I was never really a religious person. I didn't grow up in a religious home. I was uh, atheist and agnostic to the core. And, uh, I, you know, uh, about 10 years ago, I reached a point in my life where um, I did everything I set out to do. Uh, you know, I had the six-digit salary, I had the executive position, I had the family, kids, dogs, you know, two cars in the driveway, you name it. And I sat back one day and I was like, huh, what now? And uh, that's where I started my search for something more. And the reason why religion never worked for me, by definition, morality uh, in a religious um, framework is based on faith. And as, as an agnostic, as someone who's always been able to, you know, have empirical evidence, um, I, I just I couldn't just have blind faith to find my moral compass. And so I, I did my own education. Uh, one of the things I talk a lot about in my work is our education system has failed us big, big time. And so I had to go and educate myself on, on the spiritual side of things. And I found stoicism that answered all of my questions uh, and, and we'll talk about this more later on, but it's a guide for it's a philosophy for life that is purely, uh, as you said, uh, purely rational and, and logical. And so my moral compass today comes from um, my faith in myself as opposed to uh, faith in something bigger. That's why I'm, I guess, a stoic practitioner than, than um, a religious person. Yeah, very interesting. And. The difference between, for example, and I bring up Christianity because it's one of the more, uh, you know, uh, common ones. Sure. Logos for the Stoics was, uh, you know, the universe. Logos for Christianity is, you know, God, Jesus Christ, a personal relationship with them. Stoicism, you have a, a relationship with pretty much yourself and you... I like it because you take things as they come. And I want to talk to you about this because we're obviously in a society where everything is materialistic. Everything is 
how can I do this? How can I do that? And this kind of stops you in a way from looking at life like that. It, I love the fact that it's don't stress over the things that you can't control. Correct. I, I love that. I love that because I'm one that if for my job, very stressful, something happened that's way out of my control and I'm stressing over it. And I really like the analogy that you used in your show today about your intention was to get to work, but then mm-hmm. you ran into traffic. But in hindsight, you would have been like, oh, I should have left earlier. In hindsight, it already happened. So what are you going to do about it? You know what I mean? So exactly. I find it so difficult to be able to practice something <laughs> of this sort when oh, we're yeah. conditioned like that. So yeah, yeah. what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, look, the theory of stoicism, and, and we're going to cover it today, it's it's really simple. It's not rocket science, man. And it and stoicism isn't the only philosophy that came up with this. You know, there's a big overlap between uh, the Buddha Dharma, uh, you know, Buddha's teachings. There's a big overlap with a lot of uh, um, uh, religions and, and, and philosophies and spiritual uh, frameworks, be, because at the core of it, it's us trying to figure out how to live a good life while we know we're dying, right? And trying to deal with the perceived unfairness around us, uh, you know, how do you deal with that? Now, do you do you, do you accept that as well? It's part of a divine plan. Uh, just trust and then you know be good now, and you'll get your uh, comeuppance in the next life. Or do you find another way to deal with it? And and Stoicism uh, offered uh, you know an alternative and an interesting fact. Since you brought up Christianity, if I might add, um, there's a lot. I mean, a lot of Stoic teachings in Christianity because uh, at the time Christianity was becoming predominant in the Roman Empire. Um, Stoicism was the leading philosophy. And if we go to one of the, the main influences in, in Stoicism, Marcus Aurelius, he was the Roman emperor. His son, Commodus, was notoriously one of the worst emperors ever. And he started the decline of the Roman Empire, 100 years of uh, chaos. So people were looking for an answer, trying to deal with this chaos around them. Why is there these plagues? Why are we starving? Why is all this happening? And that's when Christianity found the foothold and and became the answer for the people at that time. And so what happened is a lot of Stoic leaders like um, Augustine of, um, oh shoot, I forget what city he is from, but he became St. Augustine in in the Christian teaching. He wrote down in the original teachings a lot of stoic precepts so uh there's a huge overlap between those two as well well and this is probably going to trigger a lot of people but christianity tends to be a little bit plagiaristic in a way they take a lot of different (laughs) ideas from a lot of different religions you know i've gotten to the point in my life where i believe there's a higher power there's somebody pulling the strings if it's jesus yahweh el Buddha, whoever the hell he is, I don't know. I don't know. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's my thing because, again, such as this, there's so many different ideas out there that you just don't know what to be. We can't all be right. And at the same time, it's interesting that you said that, that we're trying to live life as we know we're preaching that and you know that impending death that we we can't control that and we don't know how we're gonna die or when, but we know it's coming. And that's mm-hmm. a bit unsettling. So mm-hmm. without further ado, uh, what is stoicism? 
<laughs> All right. Uh, let me give a quick crash course here on uh, the word philosophy first for your listeners. Um, when we say philosophy today, we immediately think of, you know, guys wearing uh, suede jackets with leather elbow patches, smoking a pipe and talking about stuff in front of a blackboard, right? Uh, we immediately associate it with academics. Now, that is true. And today it's it's a huge field uh, that's beyond my comprehension. I don't believe, uh, you know, I, I identify as a philosopher, but not as an academic. Um, the original philosophies comes from uh, pre-Christianity time. It was a guide for life, right? As, as human beings uh, settled down around the Fertile Crescent, around the Mediterranean, um, and we started growing more stuff and having surpluses, uh, it created opportunities for people to have jobs that were non-husbandry related, right? You didn't have to uh, spend your lifetime growing grain if there was enough uh, peasants for you to grow your grain for you. So it created this class of people, uh, governors, chieftains, um, et cetera, et cetera, teachers, uh, full-time soldiers, uh, and it also created uh, philosophers. And philosophers were trying to answer the question of um, – why are we here? What are we doing? Because the moment you no longer have to break your back from sunrise to sunset and you crawl into bed at night to just try and get your rest and repeat, rinse and repeat until the day you die, and you start having some leisure time is when you start looking up at the sky and asking these questions. I, why am I alive? <laughs> I didn't ask to be alive, you know. Um, so that's what philosophy is. Uh, originally, it was a way of life. And when Christianity came along, um, it kind of got kiboshed. Um, Aristotle and Plato uh, were popularized because their philosophy fit with the monotheistic God that the Christian religion was pushing. Uh, but every other philosophy, and, and back then the four major Hellenistic philosophies were cynicism, skepticism, uh, stoicism, and Epicureanism. And all of these just kind of poof, disappeared. So there's a new movement where these philosophies are coming back because we're asking the same questions again. And and for a lot of people, believing in a personal God, personal God meaning some guy out there that knows my name and, and watches me as I'm doing stuff, uh, that just doesn't sit well, uh, which brings us to Stoicism. So Stoicism was one of the original four uh, Hellenistic um, philosophies. A, our grandfather is a guy named Socrates that I'm sure everyone's familiar with. Um, Socrates teachings went down through um, Antisthenes to Diogenes, which were uh, the original cynics. Uh, Diogenes is another favorite philosopher of mine. This guy was absolutely savage. Um, I've written a few articles about him. He was just hilarious. I could do a whole show on just him. Um, then Diogenes teaches uh, his uh, disciple Crates, and then Crates teaches Zeno of Sidium, which is our, the founder of the school of Stoicism. So um, Zeno was a um, merchant, fairly, fairly rich, and his ship gets shipwrecked. He loses all his merchandise. He's, he's wandering through the streets, uh, wondering what he's going to do. He finds some writing from uh, Socrates. He turns to the bookkeeper and says, hey, where can I find people that think like this? And uh, the owner of the bookstore points out the door and says, Right there, Crates, go talk to him. And so Zeno Sidium gets his training in the school of cynicism, which uh, cynics are kind of like our older cousins, if you will. Uh, we share a lot of overlap in that, um, you know, there's this whole nihilism of 
the, the this superfluous pretentious human society cynical, we have. is that what cynical me i don't mean to interrupt you but cynicism sure, yeah. is that that's where it comes from their... okay yeah yeah very, very so, interesting. today when we say you know you're cynical it's because you kind of look down your nose at this pretentious uh human construct the civilization we've built right i mean um look i have a job i go to my company every day and we have titles and you know hierarchy and all this stuff and it only works because we all believe in this make-believe structure if you think about it everything mm -hmm. we have from traffic rules to to, to governments to money a money uh, a, a company it's it's a concept that doesn't actually exist it's not an empirical thing and so the cynics, um, Diogenes being the, the most famous one, um, for a lack of better words, poo-pooed on all of this. Um, I'll take 30 seconds to talk about Diogenes. He was the son of a, a banker. Um, he was well off, uh, but he started uh, defacing the currency of, of, of the bank and the country to try and uh, get people to realize how money, to your point, uh, is so fake and, and unnecessary, right? He was saying, why do you need a cup? when you can just use your hands to drink water, right? And mm -hmm. so the cynic philosophy, the school of philosophy, what you had to do was literally you give everything away and you take your robe and a walking stick and a little sachet and that's it. That's how you live. So they were quote unquote homeless. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Diogenes, actually the name, it comes from um, the Greek word for dogs because he lived with the dogs in a giant empty wine barrel in the streets um he oh that's would that do, guy yeah, yeah it's I, that guy <laughs> he would do the craziest <laughs> things man like people would yell at him from a banquet saying hey you dog what are you doing on the streets so he'd be like yeah i'm a dog all right so he'd run in there and jump on the table and just urinate on everyone like a dog right <laughs> <laughs> he would walk around the market during the day in, in broad daylight with a lantern run up into people's faces and ask them are you an honest person are you an honest person? And he would Scott, challenge people. Oh, cook, man. <laughs> oh, he was crazy. Um, there are stories of him with um, uh, Alexander the Great. Uh, Alexander the Great was a big admirer of Diogenes, and he visited him on multiple occasions. And uh, there's one story. There's two particular stories I love. So one of them, um, Alexander the Great says, Diogenes, man, your philosophy is so great. Uh, if I wasn't Alexander the Great, I'd, I'd wish to be Diogenes. Uh, to which Diogenes replies, well, if I wasn't Diogenes, I'd wish to be Diogenes too. And Alexander <laughs> says, look, is there anything I can give you from my vast empire? Name anything you want. It's yours. And Diogenes just kind of leans back and takes a deep breath and says, would you mind just moving left a little bit? You're blocking the sun. You know, the guy was just, he it's was all like like Kanye West he's like my biggest <laughs> thing in life is not being able to see myself perform it's so crazy somebody's so bright like that and and so smart to be so so out there you know what I mean yeah. like that's 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 really funny uh, <laughs> I like that <laughs> yeah. uh so I mean he was funny you know he would do he would masturbate in public he would defecate in public like he would just his life was a protest against this <laughs> quote-unquote civilization we have so that's where the word cynicism comes from when we say we live in a cynical world it's because uh you know we were at that generation now we kind of look down on these uh, uh social constructs right decorum that we're supposed to do yeah to touch on that to touch on what you said about society and that mindset it's very crazy how we let these things rule us and insane with nothing to back it but then do you 
we talk about these philosophers and we talk about their practices, who in their right of mind at, at, at this day and age, because at the same time, I like to be a realistic person. And mm-hmm. obviously the Stoics, they had that practice where I think it is once a month or something like that. They uh, strip themselves of everything that they have or something. Again, I, I'm not an expert in this. I, I know enough, but they would strip themselves of whatever they thought was bringing them happiness so they don't become dependent on it. Right. How many people would be able to do that today? You know, it's like, this is where minimalism comes in. Would right. you be able to live with just the clothes on your back? Mm-hmm. You know, that, mm-hmm. that's, again, society, I, I find it so difficult <laughs> to look at life in that way because of society the way it is now. You know Absolutely. what I mean? Absolutely. Absolutely. Look, let's look at ourselves. Like we, you, you can take a, um, I don't know the stats exactly, but in the States, you know, 80 some odd percent of people identify themselves as um, religious. It's not true. We like to say that because we like to pretend we're part of a um, spiritual group, but we're not. We are the product. And when I say we, I'm talking about the last few generations. We're the product of atheism. Atheism is a religion and the product of the atheist religion is capitalism. It's materialism, okay? And we can see this everywhere we look around us. The consumerism, the pollution, the short-sightedness, everything is a direct result of this. And so we've been conditioned, and, and this is what I was referring to when I said our education system failed us. We have been conditioned, not just through school. When I say education, I'm talking about board games, right? And when you say board games, what do you think of? Monopoly, you know? Mm. Um, through uh, TV, you know? You turn on the TV, every, everything is about beating the other guy, doing better than the next person, making more money, look at me with my fancy stuff, right? Uh, The music we listen to, the stories we hear around the table, um, everything has conditioned us uh, as much as we'd like to pretend we're fair. We all have this monster in us that's like, no, 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 me first, bro, me first. And that's really hard to curb. Yeah, yeah, uh, and I, I live by the, by the idea that I don't like to, if, if I know somebody, I take advice from somebody who is in a better position than me. Uh, that saying that says, you know, uh, a wolf doesn't concern himself with a sheep's opinion. Mm-hmm. I believe in that because if you're living in the street and, you know, you're there because of your own choices, why would I take advice from you? Do you understand? Mm-hmm. Like, why would I take advice from somebody who's in a worse position than me? Obviously, yeah, they probably have the experience of what not to do. And that's probably <laughs> what I won't do. But you have people who they envy others who are in a better position than them. And I, when I meet somebody who's more successful than me, I try and dissect their way of thinking, not in order to be better than them, but to be like them one day to right. be successful how they are. You know, what are your ideas? That's another reason why I started the podcast to talk to different people with different ideas and, you know, really pick their brain because it's, it's very interesting. It's very mm-hmm. interesting. And we let all these things rule our lives. Right. And you know what? I want to jump in here and challenge you on something as a stoic here. Um, I'm a, look, I'm a control freak. And one of the reasons we'll, we'll talk about this uh, when we get into stoicism, one of the reasons I love the stoic school of thought is because it doesn't take control away from me. I still am a control freak. It's just I focused my control and energy where it should be. And so my challenge to you is when you say, why would I take advice from someone who's not better in a better place than me? Uh, you're still looking at it from a financial perspective. Yes. And my challenge to the people in my writings and my books and my articles is why can't 
a good moral compass be a better thing? Why can't we strive to be truly honest people? Why can't we strive to be uh, benevolent people? Why is that not appreciated in this world and age? Because it's a construct, uh, Anderson. It's, it's, you know, we don't even know what good and evil is. If, mm-hmm. You know, when you, I like to use the analogy one of my friends uses, when you look at the world from outer space, there are no borders. If there was no animals on earth, if there was no people on earth and there was only animals, would there be evil? There would No, it wouldn't. There would be nature. Why? Because good and evil are constructs that we came up with and we put the damn lines on the map. We came mm-hmm. up with it. Animals don't care about the borders. It's us, that division. And I understand what you're saying about it goes deeper than just having financial security. But we're conditioned in a way where that's all we see. Absolutely. That's all. That's all we see. Finance, finance, finance. Why? Because we're ruled by it. It's it's incredible to me. And again, I fear. Like somebody asked me the other day, they said, "How much do you feel that the government should take from your check?" And I said, "Nothing. Not. I mean, you you're in the accounting realm, you know." I don't feel the government should take if I use a road and I have to pay tolls on it. Cool. But why should I have to pay for other people's things? You know, you get socialism and all this stuff. But then the guy was like, oh, what, you want anarchy? It's like, no, I don't want anarchy. But damn, <laughs> you know, they take so much already. Mm-hmm. And and, mm-hmm. And, it, and it's crazy. But, yeah, I, I find this very interesting and, and the, the way of thinking. Uh, mm-hmm. So you could say stoicism originated in greece then it's a, yes. it's a greek philosophy okay right. it's it's one of the uh, original uh, greek hellenistic philosophies and um so let me continue with the history here if you want mm-hmm. yeah. um so zeno uh of sidium learns about um cynicism and he says yeah i get this guys this is cool i like it but i still know how to make money i still know how to participate in the political side of things I still recognize that the social construct exists. I recognize that I live here. So I don't want to turn my back on this. However, I still want to do good. And so from this perspective, he builds the school of stoicism. So he sits around in the market and there's, you know, imagine a giant uh, uh, pergola with one wall uh, for people to hide under to get away from the sun or the rain. And in uh, ancient Greek, this would be called a stoa. And so he would sit in his under the stoa in the marketplace and preach his philosophy to the people around him. And that's where the name stoicism comes from. And so the idea behind the school, if I can summarize it, is we're social animals with a capacity for reason. Okay. Um, So the the part about accepting that we're social animals is the cynic part. Um, it's accepting that we literally are animals, okay? We're in, in, in ape bodies. Let's not kid ourselves, right? This is a very ugly, hairless ape body. It's a vessel. Yeah. However, uh, and, 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 and the other important part is we're pack animals, right? We're social animals. We cannot live alone. We're not Robinson Crusoe here, right? Mm-hmm. And <laughs> so the key here is we have a capacity for reason. doesn't mean we use it. You know, you don't need to look too far out the window to see that we don't use our reason all the time. But we have this capacity. And so we should accept who we are. We should accept that we're animals. We should accept where we live with its flaws. But let's use our capacity for reason 
what the ancient Stoics would have called our prohiresis, to do the best that we can and work towards the betterment of the human community. And this is where Stoicism differs from cynicism, where we kind of branch off, is instead of just giving up on everything and trying to make other people realize their mistakes, we work towards making the world around us better, fully accepting we can't change everything, fully accepting we can't um, um, uh, not feel pain, et cetera, et cetera, just trying to make the best of what we can in the time we have using rational thought. Yeah, and when we first spoke, I told you, uh, when I told my fiance, I'm like, yeah, I'm going to be doing an episode on stoicism. I, I never heard of this. She's like, yeah, that's why when somebody doesn't show feeling, uh, they call them a stoic. And and I know you spoke on this. I think I think it was on your podcast or something. They label it with the art of not caring. What are your thoughts on that? Do you think it's got a uh, society has changed it up a little bit? And made it into something that it's not because when you think of stoic, no emotion, don't, don't, you know, don't react to things that are happening. But then what you're telling me, it's like, yes, you can accept it. Can a stoic person cry and be angry or they're not supposed to be angry? How does, how does, that, how does that work? Because <laughs> we're humans, you know, we're, we're emotional animals. Like you said, we're, we're these big apes and we're going to react, you know, we're going to have desires. We're going to have uh, moments of frustration. How do you deal with that from a Stoic's point of view? Uh, great question. And here's one of the reasons why I love this philosophy and why it makes sense to me. Uh, one, because it never tells you what you should or shouldn't be doing ever, right? There's a, a complete and transparent recognition that everyone's different. Our realities are different. Our, our upbringings and teachings and knowledge bases is different. It's about figuring out what's best in the here and now. So it's not a rule book that you have to follow. You must do this. You must do that. So that's one thing. The other part um, that's very, very important to me is, and, and we're going to come back to this social animal with a capacity for reason often, it recognizes, as you so eloquently put it, we are human beings. We have emotions. So can a stoic cry? Absolutely. And if a stoic doesn't cry, I'd be worried. If a human being doesn't cry, I'd be worried. I'm like, yeah. hey, you're going to stab me in my sleep tonight? Like, what's going on? Yeah. Um, <laughs> we are, we have emotions and there's nothing in stoicism that says you do not feel emotions. So uh, I practice uh, uh, in my writings, I, I, I use a lot of Buddha Dharma as well. Um, by the way, on, as a side note for your listeners, I say Buddha Dharma and not Buddhism because Buddhism is a religion built around Buddha's teachings. Uh, Buddha Dharma is Buddha's original teachings, and that's what I, I, I stick to. Uh, and there's a big overlap between um, Stoicism and, and Buddha Dharma uh, with respect to actually exactly what we're talking about, accepting what is um, and, and just being able to live with it, being able to live with it, not ignore it. So, uh, yes, a Stoic should and can feel emotions. Uh, what a Stoic does, however, is do his very best his or hers, excuse me, very, very best to make decisions based on reason, accepting that we can't always do that because we are human after all. Yeah, we let the our emotions get the best of us sometimes. And that's why I find it so difficult to, to practice something of this of this nature because of our human nature. And we live mm -hmm. in a society where it's all about we we get constant streams of dopamine in our, in our brain from the likes and 
and from everything that's in because that's what we're all about nowadays how many followers mm-hmm. do you have how many likes do you get this mm-hmm. that social media and nowadays i don't even the only reason i'm on social media is to promote my, my podcast is a powerful marketing tool used correctly but we have a i feel and i said this the other day on this podcast that i was on as a guest and i said today we have a supercomputer with us at all times and mm-hmm. nobody reads anymore. Nobody does that anymore. That's why I'm into podcasting because I don't, I still read, but podcasting is so versatile. You can just turn it on and just forget about it. And it's there in your ear while you're doing whatever it, you mm-hmm. know, it's a lot simpler. You don't have to sit down and read a book and that's all you're doing. So I like it in that aspect. But I said, we, as a society are the dumbest we've ever been or not dumbest or uneducated, but unaware in a way. But then we, at the same time, we have all this information at the, at the finger, at our fingertips. And we can literally look up any information from anything. And then people use it to, to do garbage, <laughs> to spread negativity, <laughs> to waste time. And, you know, it just blows my mind. You know, I, every day I strive to learn something new. This is why this I had never heard of this. You know, I'll be quite honest with you. I'm like, what the heck is this stuff? And then when I looked <laughs> into it, I was like, well, this sounds really cool. It sounds very, very rational. And I I'm, I like to think of things from a scientific point of view. And like you said, this doesn't tell you what to do. A religion, you can't do this. You can't do that. Oh, make sure you do this. Somebody's always watching. You know, it's always like this, this control and this takes that away and <laughs> just really makes you work on yourself. So what there, there's also four virtues of stoicism. Can we talk about that? Wisdom, temper, <clears throat> uh, temperance, justice and courage. Uh, can we break those down a little bit? And then I want to talk about Seneca, Marcus Aurelius, Epictetus, uh, some of the people who are. Uh, known as stoic philosophers sure um i'll talk about the core virtues i don't want to lose too much time on that because you know that's when we get into the details a little bit there's of course a whole uh you know if if we talk about the actual stoic teachings from 3000 years ago they also believed the universe was in a constant uh, expansion and then retraction and then expansion and retraction coming from an original one single point of explosion which ironically today it makes a lot of sense really? knowing that we come from the big bang and knowing I told that you. there's going to be <laughs> I <laughs> yeah. told you they knew um, things before we even knew them well uh, uh, I wanted to t- I didn't want to interrupt you but while you were talking about this um Socrates that everyone knows uh, he was such a beast in philosophy we literally divide philosophy into two eras right pre-socratic and post-socratic and the pre-socratic uh, philosophers we're going back 4,000 years right the concept of an atom including its name comes from pre-socratic philosophers ain't that something well yeah, yeah but I digress go on to something yeah um, oh, yeah. Um, uh, for example, Plato, he wrote 27 treaties, man. I'm, I've, I've read about a dozen of them. And it's incredible what these people knew and how applicable it still is today. Um, but again, uh, I digress. Um, let me get to the four core virtues. The, um, so as a Stoic, we try to live, um, we try to put control where 
we have uh, a return on our investment, right? We, we, we want to talk about money and, and materials. Let's look at it from an investment perspective. If I try to control what traffic is going to do, I'm going to waste my energy because I cannot control the 5,000 other cars that are on the road on my way to work. Um, what I can control is my thoughts and my intentions for actions right here and right now. Okay, the past is in the past. I can't change it. The future is unknown. I don't even know if I'm going to be alive for the future. But in this present moment, right here, right now, I'm thinking. I know that to be real for a fact. Um, you know, um, the world around me, I can't be sure it's there, right? Are we in the matrix or not? We don't know. But I know for a fact that I'm thinking right here, right now. And so as a stoic, I focus all my energy in trying to control that. And the second that moment is over, I'm done with it. It's an end to itself. Right. Uh, this is where we would differ from consequentialism, where you do everything with the end result in mind and you try to do the best decisions for the greatest good. What, the, what does that do? In retrospect, more than, often than not, you're going to look back and be like, ah, damn, that was not the best decision. I should have, you know, hindsight 2020, I should have done the other thing. But hindsight is always 2020. You can never know how something's going to turn out. Yeah. And so, <laughs> exactly. And so stoicism, uh, again, the reason why it makes so much sense to me as a, as a control freak, now I know at least what I can control. So I can really do, I, I've, I've like quintupled my productivity as far focus as. Focus your energy on what needs to be done. Right. And, and what the virtues does, it helps you figure out what it is that needs to be done. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so the four virtues we start with, um, you mentioned uh, courage, strength, um, they're interchangeable. And basically, strength is what ought to be tolerated and what ought not be tolerated, right? A lot of Stoics were f famously or infamously uh, tortured to death and killed. But even on the way out, they would say quotes like, you know, I, I am not a slave to you. I'm, I'm, I'm at peace, stuff like that. Um, so strength is the virtue of doing, uh, uh, being able to do the right thing when you still feel fear, let's say, or pain, right? Um, another, uh, another one is temperance. This is what ought and ought not be, um, wanted. Okay. Um, for example, a lot of addicts have used, um, uh, cognitive behavioral uh, therapy, CBT, which is which comes from stoicism the guys who put this thing together um in the 70s were stoics and this modern day psychological practice is still very much used um and and temperance would be a big virtue that they would focus on uh and then uh, a third one is prudence and prudence is what ought and ought not be desired uh, and and this is where we would again control you know do we want to want to make money do we want to uh, want to pursue uh, sensory pleasures um, and then the final one is the virtue of justice uh, what ought and un ought not be uh, shared right and we use these four core virtues to try and guide our decision making so uh, in the stoic uh, school of thought you know they would study um, physics they would study uh, logic and they would study ethics. And so these four core virtues would have driven the uh, ethical educational part of the philosophy. Yeah, and to, to touch on, on well, it's almost like having the Ten Commandments, the 42 laws of Ma, you know, a guide. Like I said earlier, people sometimes look to religion for that, the Bible, these ancient mm -hmm. texts. 
But then, like I told you, I'm into ancient civilizations. If you look at all these uh, ideologies, all the religions around the world, it's like the same exact thing. It's the same people, the same archetypes, just named differently because it's gone through a, a whole generations of different people and cultures and different sides of the world. And it's just the same thing, just named differently. So Correct. you mentioned something that I was like, what the hell is he talking about? You said that a lot of them were tortured and, and, and killed? Were they, yeah, so, were they persecuted yeah. or, or? <laughs> uh, kind of, I mean, um, so if you recall at the beginning, I was talking a little bit about what differs us from the cynics is that a stoic does want to make the world around him better. Okay. We're not just pursuing. So the cynics just wanted to make fun of everyone and point out the fallacy of the world we live in. Okay. Uh, another, uh, one of the philosophies of the four philosophies, um, was, uh, um, uh, skepticism where they would just question everything, which is kind of annoying. If you think about it, <laughs> hanging around someone, so I was like, but why, but yeah. why, yeah. um, and, uh, another one was Epicureanism and Epicureanism, interestingly, does have a small bit of following today. Uh, it's interesting to me because Epicureanism, it's, it's the pursuit of happiness. They're saying the purpose to life is just being happy. And so as a Epicurean, you would live in a commune. And you would just take care of yourself. And uh, it, was, it was almost like a like a 70s hippie type commune deal. Uh, just be happy and make the most out of life. Um, Stoicism is the only one where they said, okay, fine, we get it. We're nihilistic. We're just stardust traveling through the cosmos. All is for naught. And all of this is, you know, a fake construct. Fine. I understand. But I'm still here. I got to do something. Right. And uh, so the Stoic school says, well, why not use this time to try and make the, hum the human community a better place? And that appeals to me. I don't want to spend my time pursuing sensory pleasures. Uh, been there, done that. Very hollow. Right. I don't want to spend my time uh, questioning everything uh, openly, at least. Uh, obviously, part of education is questioning everything. But I don't want to be that guy that's just going around saying you're wrong. You're wrong. Uh, and I also don't want to be that guy that's cynical about everything. I would rather use this time I have here because I know it's not forever. I, you know, I might, I might die tonight. I might die tomorrow. I might die 50 years from now. I have some time. I'd rather put that to good use so that on my deathbed, I can look at it and I can look back and be like, yeah, time will spend. Good job, Anderson. Yeah, we'll sit down and, and record podcasts. That's, that's, a, that's yeah, an exactly. awesome way. I wanted to, what you said about, being in the here and now, I wanted to read you a uh, a quote by Alan Watts, who he says, the future is a concept. It doesn't exist. There is no such thing as tomorrow. There never will be because time is always now. That's one of the things we discover when we stop talking to ourselves and stop thinking. We find there is only present, only an eternal now. And that's like the same thing, focusing mm -hmm. on what the now is and I do sensory deprivation and sometimes it's so hard to disconnect again because of all these influences, the stimuli, 24 hours a day, always checking your email, always doing this, always doing that. That when I'm in the tank and it's just me and my thoughts, it's so hard to focus on the now. It's like stop thinking about everything. Stop, cut yeah. it out and start focusing on uh, the now. And I, and again, I, I love that idea. I entertain the idea of if we're in a simulation, what is this? You know, the mm -hmm. matrix, uh, 
what are the origins of life pretty much it's mm-hmm. it's it's very insane and these people back then they had a lot of knowledge in these ancient cultures they had a lot of knowledge and rather it was passed down from whoever because they'll even tell you hey so and so pass it down to us well who the hell is so and so oh they came <laughs> down from the heavens and they just they came down and talked to us and showed us the stars and this star cluster and this and that it's like what the hell is that about so <laughs> do you believe everybody should practice stoicism and then how it could how you believe it, it it'll change their lives because i'm still a little bit on the fence because it's like i told you it's, it's so hard to change your ways and i think I, I heard you in one of your episodes talk about not forcing change if you're gonna diet i think you know start off by introducing what the i don't know if it was you correct me if i'm wrong <laughs> you know about forcing change upon you because that's another thing that mm-hmm. that's not good right correct a uh, lo- lot of topics there to cover so um let me go back to um to um the present moment first off if i may um and 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 remind me the questions after because you have three really good questions in there i want to get to all of them <laughs> Um, so as far as the present moment is concerned, um, you know, we spoke about the history of Stoicism a little bit. If we fast forward through uh, a few centuries through Christianity, in the 15th and 16th century, there was this philosophical movement called the Enlightenment. Some of your listeners might be familiar with this. And the the biggest first movers of this movement was uh, a name I'm sure you've heard, uh, Rene Descartes. Okay. Mm-hmm. And Rene Descartes, one of his or not one of the most famous uh, uh, thought experiment he did uh, at the end he came up with the conclusion of cogito ergo sum which is latin for i think therefore i am oof <laughs> um what he well what he did he was a skeptic right um he was not a stoic a lot of enlightenment philosophers um read up on stoicism because it's so rational right but Rene Descartes was a skeptic and he said let me imagine that my life my world around me is a basket of apples let me empty this basket into the, onto the ground empty the basket so everything is lie everything is a lie let me start to pick up these apples these ideas one by one and see what is actually true and the conclusion he came to is the only thing he can be absolutely sure about is that he's thinking right here right now Right. And everything beyond that, it could be a little, uh, you know, us today, we say, hey, are we in the Matrix, man? Um, back then, he was saying, what if there's a little demon that's whispering in my ear or that's manipulating my eyes? Right. The world outside of me is not inside my head. I know this vision goes through my eyes and into my brain. How do I know it's not manipulated in there? How do, how do you know that what you see out there is actually there? The right? observer effect as well. That's another thing. And that's Correct. why I think we're in a simulation because the observer effect is real big. <laughs> right. It's a real and, thing. Uh, and, and look, as a Stoic, I'm not going to disagree with that. Um, the beauty of Stoicism, as we discuss it more and more, is I don't disagree with is you know afterlife, God. Uh, we're in a simulation. We're not in a simulation. None of that matters to me. I've kind of uh, grown past that, spiritually speaking, but we'll, we'll cover that in a second. So uh, when we talk about the um, being in the here and now, it's it's the only thing any one of us has ever been sure of, has can ever be sure about, which is why, as a Stoic, I spend all my time and energy focusing right here, right now, right? We spoke about this before as well. It's just the most logical conclusion of where I exist 
how I exist and how I can operate. And and that's the focus in the present moment to your, to your point before. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, as far as spirituality is concerned, um, I have a chapter in my book. I, I, I talk about this. I talk about in my second book, I like I talk about uh, religion, uh, theology. Um, you know, I talk about uh, paganism. I talk about philosophy. I talk about atheism. Uh, I tried really hard to discuss all different views on this duality within um, and then to pinpoint the middle ground in the Venn diagram of all the belief systems. And I said, look, if they all agree on these points, they must be true. So let's focus on only these points, like in a very stoic way. Uh, mm-hmm. We didn't pick any, choose any, you know, like, well, this sounds good. No, no, no. What can we be absolutely sure about? Mm-hmm. And as far as spirituality is concerned, do, do I want everyone to study stoicism? No, uh, because what's the best answer? Is it religion? Is it rules? Is it consequentialism? We don't know. It's everyone has a different life. Everyone has a different personality, a different reality, um, different trauma they might have gone through, different education. Everybody is different. And so everybody will have something different that works for them. Uh, Religion is a beautiful thing. It can be a beautiful thing. Nothing against religion. It just doesn't work for me. Right. And we can point at a bunch of examples where religion was used in an evil way. Uh, Oh, yes. You know, (laughs) but we started. (laughs) <laughs> but conversely, as a Stoic, I can argue and say, well, also think about how many lives it's saved, right? If I understand correctly, the whole AA program is based on the 12 steps. It's, it's based on a belief in a higher power, right? Uh, how many people um, that are devout believers that are good people because they believe? So religion can be a great thing. Um, I think Stoicism has a very big place in today's modern society because, you know, I came through, I'm, I'm a I'm a product of the capitalist system. I'm 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 John Luck's wet dream, right? I'm a CPA that went through the the ranks and beat the competition and came out on the other end uh, looking for answers. And I found stoicism because it still fits with my original programming. It's just changed. It's like a it's like a code on top of the the the, the code I came pre-built with. And I think that's why stoicism is so uh, not you know I'm going to say popular, but there's a huge movement. Um, with the Enlightenment, Stoicism was kind of brought up from the ashes, like the uh, phoenix, if you will. And then in the 50s, there was a huge movement in the in modern day uh, psychological circles. Um, uh, cognitive behavioral therapy is the most popular uh, tool that's used today that's entirely based on Stoicism. And so in the past, uh, you know, 60, 70 years, there's been a huge new Stoa movement, and and there's even sects in Stoicism, uh, sects that believe in um, the, the more uh, religious aspect, are more logos focused. Uh, I personally believe in determinism uh, and and the logos. Do I believe that uh, you know we all come from a single point of fire that keeps expanding and retracting? I don't know, and it doesn't really matter to me. It doesn't affect my day to day. It doesn't affect my present moment. Um, but not to drag on too long here, can stoicism help a lot of people? Absolutely, because it does fit with what we already know. It makes sense with um, everybody. I have friends, Muslim friends, Christian friends that are devoutly religious, and they still practice, uh, but they also practice stoicism because it makes sense. It doesn't counteract with anything. It doesn't mm-hmm. doesn't disagree with anything. Uh, my atheist friends. Um, same thing. Although between you and me, I'm, I, I also disagree with atheism. I think it's um, an ignorance of the definition of the word. I think most people that call themselves atheists are actually agnostic. 
Um, but anyways, um, stoicism fits with any belief system that you already have, and it really does offer some answers. Are they quick solutions? Of course not. Uh, but they, it does offer some answers. Yeah. Uh, and I actually, I call this podcast my personal alignment because I'm expanding my consciousness and meeting people like you and talking to people like you on subjects that I didn't even know about. I'm learning every single day and doing mm -hmm. research every single day. And it, to touch on what you said, I actually talked to somebody about this the other day. I watched the movie Prometheus and I was like, have you seen that movie? Uh, no, I have not. So Prometheus, they're looking for the origins of us, right? And obviously it's got to do with aliens. I don't want to spoil it, but anyways. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Yeah, so it's if we found out where we came from, what if we found out God wasn't real or Jesus Christ wasn't real or all these things weren't real, how would that change society? <clears throat> would it matter? Would it make a difference? Would people – you know what I mean? That takes so many things. It goes deeper than that. Um, mm -hmm. So – can we can we talk about a real life example of when you would apply these principles? Because we've been talking about the history a little bit about their beliefs. Can we give a real life example of when you would use stoicism? Obviously, I know I, I said at the beginning of the episode the the analogy you used about going to work. But can you give me, you know, for the listeners at home to be like, well, how the hell can I apply this to to my life? Can you give <laughs> us like a little, you know a run through where you would apply stoicism and and perhaps how you get a stoic mindset through what you're going through sure sure and this is going to this is going to impress you by disappointing you uh what do i mean by that uh <laughs> you know we're talking about this great thing and this beautiful philosophy uh but it's it's just so pragmatic so, so simple. Mm -hmm. applications are stupid simple um and and um, a lot of people, that's what they want to hear. It's like, okay, but how do I, how can I tangibly do this in my life? And so my, my weekly articles, my group that I run on Reddit and my podcast, they are entirely based on small exercises that you can apply in your daily life. Right. And the exercises are simple. So one of my favorites is, um, I, I quote one of the ancients, uh, talking about how, you know, you, the universe gives, but the universe takes at any point we can lose our loved ones because we know they're going to die. They might be taken away at any time. So enjoy our time with them while we can. Okay. That sounds great. But what, what does that mean? Like, what can I do exactly? Well, we all have cell phones, right? Powerful tool in our hand. We have, um, supercomputer, as you said, in the palm of our hand, but when we sit down for dinner, do we need that computer in our hands? Can we not just put it away and have a conversation with the people around the table? And that practice, that very simple practice of taking 25, 30 minutes of not checking the phone when it buzzes and instead trying to have a conversation, trying being the key word doesn't mean that you have to talk. That would be a stoic practice. That would be a very powerful stoic practice right there. Wow. So I guess I'm going to start practicing that because i actually listened to that episode where you talked about that <laughs> and i thought about it, and i was actually gonna have lunch while i was listening to the episode and i was like you know what i'm gonna put my phone down and it's true what you say you know we don't live in the in the now we're always so busy and caught up with what's going on around us and it's unfortunate because like you said we should focus on spending time with our loves like after this episode i'm gonna go and hang out you know with my fiance and my son you know, instead mm -hmm. of editing it, I'm just going to go and, and, and 
have dinner and then you know hang out with them and stuff because it's it's like you said it's very important and that's that's like you said it's so simple i'll give you a quick another example if you want yeah go ahead um, so one of the things, uh, if we go back to we're social animals with a capacity for reason, one of the things that we fully accept as Stoics is that we're human beings. We have uh, our, you know, our real selves, as we refer to our rational mind is our real selves. And that lives in this vessel, this vessel that is the ape body. And this vessel has a mind of its own. Right. And this is actually this is the um, this is what my second book is about: our real selves versus the animal uh, primitive mind, uh, the duality within. That's, so that's Carl Jung too, right? Is that is that like the conscious and 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 subconscious, in a way? Oh yeah, oh yeah. I mean, look, the the duality within uh, is not something I came up with. I mean, this is something we see everywhere. You know, growing up as kids. Uh, we've all seen this uh, cartoon where the protagonist is there with a little angel on one shoulder and a little mm -hmm. devil on the other shoulder. <laughs> That's the duality within, right? This this thing has existed for, I mean, I learned this from Stoic writings from 3,500 3, years ago. We've known about this since the beginning of uh, our time, our species' time. Um, but how do we apply that? How, how can we make use of that today knowing that this exists? Well, I know I'm a rational person and I tr I'm rooting for everyone. I'm truly rooting for everyone around me today. And um, when I'm in traffic, I'm that guy that's always trying to, you know, if I see someone signaling, I'm now I'm in Montreal. I don't know how traffic is where you live, but in Montreal, oh. the way the way it goes is when you put your signal on, that's the cue for the guy in the next lane to speed up and cut you off. Right. Uh, the, the turn signal, you know, people don't use their turn signal because that's when people close the gap to not let you in. Mm -hmm. So I'm that guy that's always looking for people with a signal to be like, hey, I got you, fam. Come on in. Right. But every now, <laughs> every now and then some guy will just kind of come, you know, two lanes over and, and, and swerve in and I have to tap the brakes to, to avoid an accident. And even today, even after, you know, five years of practicing this stuff. For you know the split second or a few seconds, my, my little little Tasmanian devil inside starts kicking and screaming, and you, Pisa, look what you did to me. But it remains internal. So I, it's it sounds silly, but it's a matter of taking a deep breath, recognizing the emotions, looking at the emotions dead in the eye, not ignore them, not suppress them, because that doesn't help anything. But it's it's a practice of just deep breath. I recognize I'm angry, but I recognize that that is my monkey brain that wants to fight and hit the other guy on the head with a stick. Now it's my rational mind that knows an eye for an eye will leave the world blind. And I forgive him and I understand and we move on. There's another easy example. Yeah. And I, I actually, we didn't touch on this. I have some quotes. I know we talked about the philosophers, Seneca, sometimes even to live is an act of courage. Then mm -hmm. we have Epictetus. We suffer not from the events in our lives, but from our judgment about them. Yep. And then obviously Marcus Aurelius. Can we, uh, to summarize, you know, can we talk about these three philosophers? Because Marcus Aurelius is a very interesting person in uh, in history. And obviously mm -hmm. during his reign, everybody loved him. And he was this person who who was just a great ruler. And then you said his his son after him? was horrible you said and that's when Christianity <laughs> came in. oh man uh nero commodus and titus were the three oh, worst nero. emperors ever yeah. those yeah. three were the worst and and interesting so commodus was marcus Aurelius' son right imagine uh nero he had a um advisor 
And guess who it was? It was Seneca, right? So uh, horrible people exist no matter how hard you try, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, so let's talk about these three um, ancient guides. So like, they're ancient guides. They're not teachers. Um, and, and there's a lot more great Stoic minds, uh, you know, Cicero um, uh, was a great teacher, Musonius Rufus, a lot of great uh, teachers. Uh, but these three are the most popular ones. Why? Because their work survived. Okay, we don't have, you know, when we first spoke mm. last weekend, you ask if we have like a, like a Bible. A oh, Bible. Uh, no, <laughs> no <laughs> we don't. It's letters and just writing in journals and stuff. Exactly. There's nothing, because uh, if go back to the beginning of the show, Stoicism is a way of life. It's not uh, a doctrine that you kind of repeat, you know. You don't consider great... it a religion. You don't consider it a Do you believe people practice it as a religion, though? Well, by definition, if we go by, by Webster's definition of a religion, it's a belief in a, in a superhuman, uh, uh, that's a personal God, right? So Stoic, don't and you have... just broke it down and, and turn it into a literal thing. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, so in Stoicism, the Logos is not a personal God, right? Mm -hmm. I, as being part of the Logos, we recognize that we're a nothing. Like to say mm -hmm. we're a nothing is an overstatement. It's an right. logos to them is an unknowable force, and in Christianity, that's you know, it's flesh, like you said, that higher being. Uh, for Stoics, the relationship is distant, intellectual, and based on ideas of duty and virtue. And then obviously, the relationship with God is, you know, Christianity's personal. Exactly, uh, exactly. Our God actually, uh, Spinoza. Uh, he, Baruch Spinoza, he was a philosopher from the Enlightenment. He, he wrote really great um, treaties about this. And Albert Einstein was a big believer in Spinoza's God as well. Um, the important thing about the logos and what it is, it's, it's, every, it's everything. Okay, it's, it's the beauty of the cosmos. There's something that moves everything, and that's what the logos is. And our rational mind, our, our tremendous capacity for reason, is a very tiny, small part of the logos. Right. That's what the Stoics believe. So we have a little bit of that uh, cosmic uh, awesomeness in us uh, and we have the capacity to use it. Um, 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 where were we at before the logo? Sorry, quick, quick. Uh, uh, Seneca, Marcus Aurelius and Epictetus. Yes. Right. Uh, so if we go back to uh, Stoicism being uh, a way of life, uh, no, there was no Bible, there was no book. And if we look at the three books, okay, the three main books that we learn from, uh, the oldest one is called Letters from a Stoic. Incidentally, that's the book that got me into Stoicism. Um, so it's called Letters from a Stoic. And quite literally, it's letters, from, it's a collection of letters from Seneca to his buddy Lucilius. Uh, his friend Lucilius was going through a uh, litigation about to lose his fortune. So it's one rich guy talking to another get rich guy through uh, letter correspondences and telling him not to care about their riches. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the next one we have is Epictetus's um, uh, Enchiridion. Now, Epictetus didn't write this down. Um, the Enchiridion is actually written by one of his students that was taking notes in class and then put these together and made a book out of it, right? So uh, Epictetus never actually wrote any of this down. It's just conversations he had with his students, which is hilarious, actually. Uh, some of the exchanges he has, the dialogues he has, you know, um, in one class he's sitting around and he's trying to teach something and then one of his students is, uh, you know, he's complaining and Epictetus says, what's wrong? The student says, oh, my nose is running. So he looks at him, he says, do you have hands? Yeah. So wipe it, you slave. <laughs> you know, why are you being a slave to your nose? 
Um, Epictetus was so sarcastic. It was hilarious. He's the one that said, um, you might have heard this quote too, another one of my favorites. He says, if it's time to die, I will die. But if yeah. it's not time to die, I will eat my lunch for it is lunchtime. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was so sarcastic. But anyway, so again, his teachings, the the great Enchiridion, it wasn't him that wrote it down. Then we fast forward to the third book, um, Marcus Aurelius's Meditations. And these were, again, quite literally, as the name suggests, his own meditations. In Stoicism, uh, meditation refers to journaling, checking in with your rational mind. Because when you take, uh, when you put ink to paper, you're more likely to have your rational mind talking than if you try to think when you try to think, the animal brain, the autopilot, tends to take over more because of sheer habit. So meditation for us is writing down your thoughts, writing down the good dogma, writing down the right things, the things you want to be doing, uh, and then uh, writing down what you did that was wrong. You know, I reacted emotionally with a knee-jerk reaction. This was wrong. Next time, I'll try to react this way. And that's what the meditations are. It's Marcus Aurelius telling himself um, what to do. And then after his passing, this was also put into book form. So all, all our guides is, you know, rich guys talking to themselves, students taking notes, and a guy talking to himself. So, and, and the thing you mentioned with Marcus Aurelius, they focused on, and correct me if I'm wrong, on mental health, right? Because what you're saying, exercising that, that thing that, you know, the making sure everything is in check, mental health, making sure that you're okay writing down these thoughts, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, and this goes right back to accepting that we are animals, right? Social animals with a capacity for reason. We are flawed. Um, the starting point, the very beginning of the school, if you were to go through and, and they I've seen they have actual schools for this. You can get like diplomas, whatever. But I'm, I'm, I don't I, I don't think that's of any interest. But if you if you were to go to an actual study guide, the starting point is the acceptance that the entirety of humanity, including ourselves, is in a decrepit state. However, it is against our own will, right? And this goes back to the animal side of us. We are not good people, man. I mean, just look around at the world. Look at what we're doing. We're, we're killing each other. For mm, God's sake, we're yes. killing each other. We're polluting the world. We were so short-sighted. We're in a decrepit state. But we don't want to be. We do have this capacity to be rational and like, you know, live like Vulcans without ever having emotions. We have that capacity. Um, and so it's trying to find how to live more towards that good side, if you will, and better deal with, not control or suppress, but better deal with the decrepit side. Yes, I agree. And I we will plan to do another episode on that subject because remember, we, we, we went back and forth with ideas. And we wanted to, I was interested in stoicism as well. And then you wanted to talk about the whole, you know, the, the inner animal, uh, mm -hmm. which is also very interesting. So to wrap up, I want to ask you one last question coming from a stoic that I just thought about it today. I said, if life <laughs> gives you lemons, what do you do? Uh, you certainly don't throw it at someone. That's what I would have said 10 years ago. <laughs> Um, you make lemonade. I mean, it's it, it goes exactly like the, the saying goes, you make lemonade. If I have lemons in my hand right now and that's not what I wanted, hey, that's what I have. Let's make something with it. Exactly. Good, good answer. Anderson, I really enjoyed this conversation. I was 
Very refreshing. I love learning about new things. Did you want to add anything else before we wrap this thing up? Uh, any final thoughts? Obviously, I'll let you put in your information one more time. I'll be checking out your books. and You're going to have to send me some of the things I should check out about Stoicism as well so I can add it to my book collection. Sure, sure. Um, the one thing I want to finish up with, I'm going to quote our, our proverbial grandfather, uh, Socrates, here. He had a dictum that I tried to live by, and this goes back to before I even became a Stoic, is the one thing I know for sure is that I know nothing. Uh, to the listeners out there, keep learning. Never stop learning. Um, there's no such thing as bad information. If anything, something will reconfirm something uh, you already knew about. Just keep learning. Uh, Self-education is the key to, to happiness. Whatever path you find there, it's going to come through education. So, uh, you know, keep listening, keep reading. Um, uh, on my end, you know, my philosophy um, is very much based on Stoicism, Buddha Dharma, anthropology, and the sciences. Uh, again, I've written uh, the two books, Your User's Manual and Your Duality Within. That's volume two. Volume three I'm currently working on, um, which is going to be called Your uh, Dichotomy of Control. Uh, I have all my content is free, the articles, the podcasts on my Patreon page. Um, uh, I'll send the link once uh, so you can put that up on your on your page. And um, uh, I love interacting with people. Uh, all my listeners and readers, they reach out to me on Twitter and Reddit. It's so much fun. Uh, so I'd love to, if anybody has questions, reach out. I'd love to talk more about this stuff. Yeah, I, I'll have, I actually copied and pasted the, the email you sent me with all the links. So your Patreon, Twitter, everything is going to be in the description of this episode. And I want to thank you, Anderson, for coming on and being able to speak with me about this and opening up my mind to other possibilities because there's more out there to life than what some people want to stick to and my thing is do you really know everything if you only know one part of it do you understand mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. if you focus and you put yourself in this one little box your possibilities will only stay within that box and i and, and again i believe it's aristotle said uh the mark of an educated man is you know to entertain ideas while not accepting them that's paraphrasing it but he, mm -hmm, he mm -hmm. said that, and I and I live by that because everybody's, you know, I've, I, I love the Gnostics and I, I've studied the Gnostics and their beliefs. You know, this like you said, we have a little bit of divinity within us because we're the, in this cosmos. And I love that idea. But then obviously the Gnostics were an early Christian sect that were prosecuted and, and, and killed and and wiped out. Why? Because of their beliefs and what they they were taking the power away from a power structure, how you said earlier, this hierarchy that doesn't matter, but yet we give it so much credibility and so much power and rule over our lives. And then you have stoicism where, it, it, you know, none of that matters. You know, if, if, if so-and-so has this, what do you have? Focus on you. Make the world a better place. If you can't change that person, if you can't control that person, whatever, just let them be. Mm -hmm. And, that's awesome. That's awesome. So, um, we'll plan to do another one, Anderson. I really enjoyed this conversation. And again, thank you for coming on. I'm gonna. I should have read your book before having you on, so I'll be. Uh, I'll, I'll be buying that. And then <laughs> you can send me some more information about the 
Stoic philosophers and their work. Sounds good. Sounds very good. And, and thank you for having me on. This was a lot of fun. It was. I agree. Thank you, Anderson. All right. You have a good one, one. And there you have it. Make sure to check out Anderson's work. I will be posting links to that in the episode description. I really enjoyed this conversation. There are so many different ideas, ideologies, so many different things in this world that, that you can learn about and how he said at the end, keep always learning. Knowledge is power. And I love that. Make sure to check out his work. Make sure to follow us on social media at the Juan on Juan podcast. Shoot me an email if you want to be on the show, if you have anything interesting to talk about. If you want me to have anyone uh, in regards to a certain topic, I can I can find somebody. The Juan on Juan podcast at gmail.com. And again, thank you for the support as always. Make sure to check out our episode next week. And until next time. Mm-hmm.